You're now listening to Free the Tongue Podcast, brought to you by English Language Development Services, the podcast for non-standard, non-native English speakers in multicultural and international workplaces. I'm your host, T. Let's get into it. Hey guys, this is episode one. What am I doing here? So if you don't know about me from Instagram, which I'm going to assume you have to know about me from either Instagram, my Twitter, or Facebook, if you are listening to this podcast, because I am not advertising it anywhere else. But perhaps you may have stumbled upon this podcast because of hashtags or something like that. I'm not sure because when I try to search for podcasts, I have a hard time finding anything good in relation to what I really want to hear. There's a lot of indie podcasts on Anchor and Spotify, but the search engine isn't optimized to really show those pages unless they have you know a large amount of listeners and things like that so if you don't know about what i generally talk about i'll give a little bit of background before i jump into the topic of today which is what i'm doing here what am i doing here so i talk a lot about how race class and gender affects how people perceive your language your speaking abilities if you are aggressive or if you are docile you know the perceptions that people form about you are you intelligent are you dim-witted you know these sort of things there are a lot of characteristics that people gain just from or people assume okay i'm not gonna say gain that that's not the right word to use because they don't know they don't know they they form an opinion based off of their biases and whatever stereotypes they may know it's funny because when i when i lived out in europe i swear and do believe and (laughs) you know making these broad general statements it's not lost on me that i'm about to make one right now but seriously every european okay every one of them had an opinion of another european country and it was such a stereotype and yet like they were all okay believing it but the europeans were comfortable with their stereotypes for the most part i mean no one ever spoke about the negative things they maybe said something you know about oh the italians like pasta they're they're just oh of course because they're italian italian you know they're always eating pasta but then you know you'll meet an italian person and you're like oh yeah you know us italians we always eat pasta and this is this is just an example i i'm not saying that that's specifically a stereotype i heard and others engaged in i'm just using that as an example so so yeah so 
it was never it was never harmful stereotypes uh, that everyone engaged in at least from what i heard but i'm sure under the surface if i lived there for you know decades or so i would start to see things that i normally did not see um but i was very aware of it and and it makes me think about you know being back in america and how we do the same thing except a lot of our stereotypes there are many stereotypes that are harmful i i don't really know I mean, maybe a, you can think of it as a positive stereotype uh, if someone thinks all black people can dance. I mean, okay, <laughs> I guess, I don't know. So that's just an example. But anyway, so when someone does not know a lot about your culture or a lot about your people, and it doesn't even have to be your people, whatever peoples, okay? They make assumptions based off of uh what they hear okay oh well eh, what words how well does this person speak the language from my perspective you know they generally take a pres uh, prescriptivist perspective and whether that's because they don't have a lot of background knowledge or whatever it is you know or they just feel that um, no, there's a right way to do things and yeah, that's it the right way to do things So, you know, there's also those people out there as well Um But anyway, so when you're speaking People make assumptions based off of your speech about your race class and gender, okay so these assumptions about your language are made based on your race, your class, and your gender. And when you're in a workplace, and a multicultural workplace and or an international workplace, you are now you are now put in the position of being non-standard okay wait before i even get to that part let me explain okay so when you're not the standard let me just say that when you're not the standard okay that's going to be the majority that is in the workplace whoever is the majority who is in the workplace those people are gonna be your standard okay and we can find ourselves feeling in those spaces where there's not many people who look like us come from the same uh socioeconomic background like us okay you know so for example we're in a place where most of the people they're rich and we come from a poor background that would be an example of class or you know gender it can um work in different ways i mean in any event men are always gonna prosper uh in most scenarios but it could work against a man as well to get hired in a position if it's saw as more of a you know female 
female's job. I don't know what the statistics are on that, but that's just an example. Um, if you're interested in it, you can go and do the research and dive into that a little bit deeper. Um, but we do know for sure that, you know, for example, I just I was just reading a research report that the workplace, uh, the workplace uh, leadership gap is still there for women all across the board no matter what your race race or ethnicity is women are not getting into upper management positions men uh dominate that those positions okay there was a survey of i think like 500 companies millions of people and that that was what they found so it is a problem these things happen you know i i I say these are your intersections i i use uh kimberly i talk a lot through kimberly crenshaw's intersectionality framework because i mean it gave me life when i first heard that when i first learned about it it explained everything that i experienced because you know, I'm a black woman, but I have issues with other black people. And it's not because of our race, but it's because we have different class backgrounds, whereas we might have issues um, and things like that. Or maybe it's different genders, you know. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, so there, those points give you a point of reference, basically for who i might have a problem with um not really like that but the thing is you have to you have to get to know people you have to take the time to understand how they're seeing um so in the workplace when you are not the standard a part of the standard group you become margin uh, marginalized automatically okay and what it means to be marginalized is to be made insignificant or uh, irrelevant so that means your voice becomes insignificant and irrelevant as well so when that happens you might find yourself overworked, underpaid. You're not getting those opportunities to meet with upper level management. You're not getting those opportunities. You're you're not having your manager, you know, advocate for you, mentor for you, support you in your career so that you can grow and so that's why you know you get stuck in these lower level positions but oh they don't mind giving you more and more work they ain't gonna pay you they're not gonna give you the title where they pay you you know and a lot of times people of color find that they still have to deal with that i'm about to say terrorism Cause that's really what it is bullying you know uh deal with that marginalization uh even when they do get to 
the upper levels okay and they're all they often feel unprotected unable to speak up for themselves unable to uh you know i always say speak up because you really have to speak up you really have to speak up and advocate for yourself and the reason why they're not able to and they find themselves not able to uh speak back in those situations they find themselves at a loss for words in those situations and the likes is because because they don't have the knowledge experience and practice to really know what to do in those situations and that's where i come in this is what has led me to create my entire vip program where i spend two and a half hours working with professionals and i come up i help them get a plan i help them come up with a strategy to improve their speaking abilities and advocate for themselves okay i I really break down that background knowledge of what they need to know from their perspective of race class and gender in order to speak up to advance in the workplace okay just as i have this is something that i am a that i i've had to figure out for myself i'm a black woman okay i speak a non-standard dialect of english when i say i am 20 i am 20 uh, i'm not about to tell y'all my age i'm just just know i'm late 20s okay and i have not had any mentors i have had one willing mentor who was assigned to me but other than that i have not really had anyone say or even like just show up for me okay and i have went to plenty of people it was not because of lack of trying on my part But when you don't know what's happening, when you don't know the culture, then it's really easy to internalize some of these discriminations that you might be facing that make you feel like your grammar isn't good enough or you don't have enough vocabulary or, you know whatever it is your accent mm, your accent isn't good enough it makes you feel like that's the problem you need to just keep working and you know i know so many non-native speaking english teachers and they are having such a hard time finding jobs abroad because lots of ads will specifically say we want native english speakers but i'm about to tell you right now 
when they saying native english speakers they're not talking about all native english speakers we already know that they're not talking about native english speakers in nigeria they're not talking about native english speakers in um india they're not talking about those native english speakers they're talking about you know western countries and in those western countries they're talking about you know white people usually white people with blonde hair and blue eyes uh, seems to be the global favorite so you know because there's some countries where even as a native english speaker i went on an interview it was so like humiliating and i was just like i mean i i didn't care because i was just like okay if this company is this racist and it was china and i speak about that uh I was trying to apply for an online job there and the teacher, like, she was really pretending like, okay, I can't speak. Like, she was trying to do a scenario where it's a child who can't speak the language. Okay, I've been teaching now for six uh, years. Like, I, I know. I mean, it was like a year ago or whatever, maybe two now, when I uh, did this interview. But... It was just ridiculous how this person pretended like the strategies I was using just would not work. And I was just like, okay, first of all, you really do speak English. You have no knowledge of teaching strategies at all. It's clear. And I know about these programs, so I know you don't. Okay, these most of these online programs, they don't really teach anybody English. They're just like taking middle class people's money really like most of them are not that great um and it's because they don't pay for actual skill they pay for looks so when i say it's not just non-native english speakers it's non-standard english speakers too which is anybody who speaks english but not but are perceived not to speak the kind of English that they want because of their, again, race, class, and gender, or gender, okay? It could be any of those things, any of them. So, so that's why I really knew that I needed to do something to help people out here because in helping the larger community I don't only get to help non-standard and non-native English speakers become confident and fluent English speakers that they can. You know, you guys do not need to be wasting all your money thinking you need to be practicing for a year before improvement when you are at a B2 or C1 level. I promise you fluency is just a five minute walk away you just have to know how to get there and a lot of you just let your mindset make you feel like oh i need at least a year because it's more comfortable for you to believe that it's impossible for you to get there in that three months three to four months because you don't feel like it's possible to ever really do it and you like having that long time frame where you can 
put it off and put it off and if you never accomplish your goal you can just say oh well it was just such a long time commitment I wasn't able to commit and that somehow feels safer to you but I am here to tell you that you're playing with yourself it's unnecessary and I'm not about to do that as a teacher I don't want to sit and drill skills with you for a year just for money when I know research does not back that up or support that and I know that that's not what you need at an advanced level to become confident and fluent okay you need to do the the, uh, drill the skills when you are at the beginning levels when you're at a a1 to b1 but by the time you are done with b1 you are done with the drilling of the skills you have a different type of problem i mean once you get to b2 okay so that's why you get stuck at intermediate and you do not grow unless by chance you get into the predicament where you know maybe you you have interaction with a native native english speaker all day constantly so basically you're living with a native english speaker or you're in the country and you're interacting in a native english speaking country or a place with a large population of native english speakers and you're able to talk to them all day okay not for a few hours all day maybe i don't know maybe a few hours a day will be enough mom over the time span of years and years and when i say a few hours i'm talking about at least like so like seven or eight hours a day okay talking to native english speakers over the time span of years and that still might not help you with your confidence that's the thing so anyways so that's all for episode one i'm gonna close it out by saying because of being because of being a non-standard english speaker and again a non-standard english speaker is anyone who is not perceived to be a standard english speaker you become a marginalized English speaker. That's somebody who is unseen or regarded as insignificant. And of course, it's going to help hurt you and hurt your chances of advancing your careers when you're not heard. You're not even listened to. Someone you you say you say an idea at a board meeting or you know any type of meeting and then somebody else says the exact same thing and gets more credit than you for saying it okay so we might ask ourselves what are we doing here and that is a really good question what are you doing here and if you have asked yourself that question regardless of if you have an answer or not I would like you to go to my website. You can go to my website at www.eldevelopmentservices.com. Okay? And schedule a free consultation call with me so that I can find out what is holding you back 
from improving your English skills and guide you into the two ways I help English speakers, marginalized English speakers, gain the confidence to start speaking fluently so that they can advance their career and get that house, get that dream house, you know, take care of their families and all of that good stuff. All right, guys, I'll catch you later. Bye.